and welcome to Powerhouse Politics. I'm ABC News Chief White House Correspondent Jonathan Carl, And I'm ABC News Political Director Rick Klein. So, Rick, this was Comey Day and uh, the most eagerly anticipated testimony probably since, well, way back when Hillary Clinton came before the Benghazi Committee. At least. Uh, or maybe Oliver North. Or maybe the Nixon hearings. I don't know. But it was, let's face it, uh, the town stopped and we all watched uh, Jim Comey take the, uh, take the stand. And, and Jim Comey went nuclear on Donald Trump. He flat out called the president of the United States a liar. He suggested that the loyalty pledge had uh, nefarious uh, motives. Uh, he challenged uh, the, the president to, to release the tapes if he has evidence to the contrary. Uh, this was a major moment, and, and, and James Comey unleashed fury on the president of the United States. What a powerful enemy he has created, and this is an enemy that is going to create a whole lot of havoc for a long time. Uh, there were things, let's face it, that the White House uh, has pointed to as vindication in Comey's testimony, even sure. as they hotly disputed uh, other things he said. Uh, there was that, uh, you know, the, the the big thing and the big screaming headline uh, from the White House. Actually, there's two of them. One is that uh, Comey did acknowledge that on three separate occasions he said that the president was not under investigation. That's what the president said in his letter firing Comey, and that was proven to be true by Comey's testimony. The other thing is he acknowledged kind of what everybody's acknowledged, which is not a single vote was changed by the Russians, that, that, that nobody actually got in and, uh, and, and did anything in terms of uh, changing votes by, by hacking the voting machines. But Rick, I think since this is an emergency edition of the Powerhouse Politics podcast, what I would like to do, if you're okay with it, is let's just listen to some of what happened today. Are you okay with that? I guess so. Okay. I, it's big enough. Sure. Oh, all right. Well, let me, let me start with um, where the, the explanation that Comey gives. This is early in the testimony. The explanation that Comey gives for why he felt the need to record down in memos recorded, right, written right after his meetings, what happened in his encounters with Donald Trump. Take a listen to this. What was it about that meeting? that led you to determine that you needed to start putting down a written record? A combination of things. I think the circumstances, the subject matter, and the person I was interacting with. Circumstances first, I was alone with the President of the United States, or the President-elect, soon to be President. The subject matter, I was talking about matters that touch on the FBI's core responsibility and that relate to the President, President-elect personally. And then the nature of the person. I was honestly concerned that he might lie about the nature of our meeting, and so I thought it really important to document. That combination of things I'd never experienced before, but it led me to believe I got to write it down, and I got to write it down in a very detailed way. All right, so that is astounding because this is the very first time that James Comey, the incoming, well, he was the, the FBI director, but a, 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 the, who was going to be continuing on as the FBI director, and the incoming president. This is the first time he meets the man that ultimately is going to be his boss, and even at that moment, their first encounter, he doesn't trust him. He thinks he's going to lie because of the, quote, nature of the person. Nature of the person. That is an astounding quote. And it colors the context for additional meetings because Comey's going to be going into every one of these meetings very skeptical of the president's, uh, president-elect and then the president's motivations and out there and recording the details in a way that he didn't under previous presidents that he served because he thinks he's going to lie about him. And, of course, he went on to say that he felt like in the aftermath of his firing that the White House did lie, including the president of the United States, did lie about those circumstances. So in his narrative, his fears were justified. And then one of the big points of contention here 
is the meeting that happened in the Oval Office on February 14th, where Comey says that the president asked him or, or said that he hopes that he'd be able to let Flynn go, to let the Flynn investigation go. He said he hoped. Now, Comey went to some length to say that, you know, hope is not an order, but he took it that way. Listen to this. I took it as a direction. Right. I mean, this is the president of the United States with me alone saying, I hope this. I took it as this is what he wants me to do. Now, I didn't, I didn't obey that, but that's the way I took it. You may have taken it as a direction, but that's not what he said. Correct. I, that's what he I said. said. He said, I hope. Yeah. So, so there you go. But, you know, I mean, uh, one thing, again, we should point out, Rick, the White House, uh, through the president's lawyer, uh, through people I've spoken to, senior officials, adamantly denies that the president even said that, even said, I hope you'll let it go. So I, there's one way I can think of. I don't know, John, this is crazy, but there's one way I could think of that might prove it. Could, could there be a tape? Have you ever heard any buzz around that? Is there even a distinct remote possibility somewhere in the – has anyone ever talked about this? Let me think. Um, now that you mention it, I think, the, I, think, I think the president said that he – well, he said that, that, that – I mean, that Comey better hope there aren't tapes. Speaking of hope, um, lordy, lordy, what did Comey say about that? Let's listen. Now, here's the question. You're big, you're strong. I know the Oval Office, and I know uh, what happens to people when they walk in. There is a certain amount of intimidation. But why didn't you stop and say, Mr. President, this is wrong. I cannot discuss this with you. It's a great question. Maybe if I were stronger, I would have. I was so stunned by the conversation that I just took it in. And the only thing I could think to say, because I was playing in my mind, because I was going to remember every word he said, I was playing in my mind, what should my response be? And that's why I very carefully chose the words. And look, I, I've seen the tweet about tapes. Lordy, I hope there are tapes. I, I remember saying, I agree he's a good guy, as a way of saying I'm not agreeing with what you just asked me to do. Again, maybe other people would be stronger in that circumstance, but that, that was, uh, that's how I conducted myself. I, I hope I'll never have another opportunity. Maybe if I did it again, I would do it better. So, Lordy, I hope there are tapes. Uh, <laughs> now, and he went, on to, he went on to call on him explicitly. If there are tapes, he wants them out. He put it on the record. He wants the president to release him. He says, you've got my blessing. Got my, bre- my permission, absolutely. So, as you can imagine, we've already asked the White House again, as we asked in the days after that tweet, are there tapes? Will the president release them? It may not shock you. I have not gotten a response yet. But I promise you, Rick, we will ask that every day. Duly noted. Are there <laughs> tapes and will the president release them? Because obviously that would solve a lot of, uh, of, of the dispute here. And then, you know, we, we do have the memos. We do have the memos that Comey wrote. Or well, actually, we don't. We, we have the fact that the New York <laughs> Times reported on the memos. We confirmed with the substance of those reportings, like a lot of other news organizations. Uh, the memos themselves have still not been released. But how did those memos get to the New York Times? Well, Comey actually told us. Did you show copies of your memos to anyone outside of the Department of Justice? Yes. And to whom did you show copies? I asked, um, President tweeted on Friday after I got fired that I better hope there's not tapes. I woke up in the middle of the night on Monday night because it didn't dawn on me originally that there might be corroboration for our conversation. There might be a tape. 
And my judgment was I needed to get that out into the public square. And so I asked a friend of mine to share the content of the memo with a reporter. Didn't do it myself for a variety of reasons, but I asked him to because I thought that might prompt the appointment of a special counsel. And so I asked a close friend of mine to do it. And was that Mr. Wittes? No, uh, no. Who was that? A good friend of mine who's a professor at Columbia Law School. Yeah, so the Columbia Law School uh, website uh, promptly went down as everybody tried to go through the staff list. We found out who it was. We reached out to the professor, confirmed that he was the person. We're not going to release his name on the Powerhouse Politics podcast because, my God, you can imagine the calls he's he would enough. get if we were, I mean, <laughs> if, if we were to do that. I mean, no, my right. Lord. Um, but uh, interestingly, uh, the uh, White House lawyer, Mark Kasowitz, the president's actually not White House lawyer, the president's personal lawyer, who held a, not not a press conference because he didn't take questions, but he came out and talked to the press today, and he uh, came out and he disputed Comey on the points we mentioned, but he also went right at Comey, even suggesting that perhaps he needs to be prosecuted for leaking privileged and maybe even classified information. Here's what he said: Mr. Comey has now admitted that he is one of these leakers today. Mr. Comey admitted that he unilaterally and surreptitiously made unauthorized disclosures to the press of privileged communications with the president. Well, I mean, that's interesting, isn't it? Rick? I, I, you, oh, my, is it interesting? Now, so the, 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 we know that Director Comey's calling President Trump a liar. The, the Trump team is saying, you're a liar and you're a leaker. And I want to back up, though, to this because it's an extraordinary scene that, that plays out here. There's something to my mind that just doesn't add up in what Comey's saying. So he says the president suggests there are tapes, and it dawns on him in the middle of the night that there may be uh, corroborating evidence for himself. So his first reaction is to get out his, his side of it. Why? Because he thinks the tapes – he knows the tapes will back him up. It just, what, what, what is it? What's he thinking? It seems know. like an odd way to justify. I think the real answer, which he – I'm blown away by how honest he was in this, is to say – he wanted a special counsel. He thought that this had to go to a special counsel, and he, this was the ultimate Comey revenge. I mean, this is the this is the knife because he put a, into into effect a series of events that resulted in Bob Mueller's appointment. And the fact is that at the moment that Comey was fired, President Trump was not under investigation. As of now, because of those actions, because Bob Mueller is there, you can't say the same thing. In fact, he's almost certainly is under investigation. And and the firing of James Comey itself being possibly the first thing to be investigated. Was he fired uh, to stop the Russia investigation? Well, let's listen to why James Comey thought he was fired. It's my judgment that I was fired because of the Russia investigation. I was fired in some way to change, or the endeavor was to change the way the Russia investigation was being conducted. That is a a very big deal, and not just because it involves me. The nature of the FBI and the nature of its work requires that it not be uh, the subject of political consideration. And on top of that, you have the Russia investigation itself is vital because of the threat. And I know I should have said this earlier, but it's obvious. If any Americans were part of helping the Russians do that to us, that is a very big deal. And I'm confident that if that is the case, Director Mueller will find that evidence. 
And Rick, I have to go because the president's about to appear at an event uh, in the state dining room, and I'm going to go and see if I can get a question to him. Uh, so I'm going to let you finish this up. But before I leave, uh, there's one more piece of sound I want to leave you with. I was struck with I thought the senators on this com- on the committee, by and large, did, did a very good job of actually asking questions, not grandstanding. Uh, but it, it did seem like the Republicans. Um, although they were asking serious questions and taking Comey seriously and not going on the attack, in some cases did seem to be trying to press the president's case here, particularly Marco Rubio, who at some point seemed to almost be acting like a defense counsel for the White House. Uh, Again, not making a, you know, not grandstanding, but asking a series of questions that would shed light on the case that the White House would want to make. Take a listen to one one excerpt from his, uh, his testimony. Going back, the three requests were, number one, be loyal. Number two, um, let the Mike Flint thing go. He's a good guy. He's been treated unfairly. And number three, can you please tell the American people what these leaders in Congress already know, what you already know, what you've told me three times, that I'm not personally under investigation? Those are the three things he asked. Yes, sir. You know, this investigation is full of leaks left and right. I mean, we've learned more from the newspapers sometimes than we do from our open hearings, for sure. Um, you ever wonder why, of all the things in this investigation, the only thing that's never been leaked is the fact that the president was not personally under investigation, despite the fact that both Democrats and Republicans and the leadership of Congress knew that and have known that for weeks? I don't know. I find matters that are briefed to the Gang of Eight uh, are pretty tightly held, in my experience. So that, 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 of course, is Marco Rubio trying to play some defense. It should be noted that Marco Rubio was at the White House along with a couple other Republican senators just the night before. And, and you could see real parallels in the Rubio response and in the response from Trump's lawyer. Uh, and, and, and I think there's still a big effort here to play defense. And a lot of it is going to be aimed at maligning the former uh, FBI director. As John said, he, he ran. But before we, we wrap up, I want to leave, uh, leave you with a little bit of what the president himself said today, because he, he had a previously scheduled speech. He stayed off of Twitter. Uh, which a, a couple, bunch of D.C. bars that were offering free shots for his tweet saved some money as a result. But uh, it, it did seem like he was playing slightly into the news cycle, even while leaving the substance of the comments to others. Take a listen to him today. The entrenched interest and failed bitter voices in Washington will do everything in their power to try and stop us from this righteous cause, to try to stop all of you. They will lie. They will obstruct They will spread their hatred and their prejudice. But we will not back down from doing what is right. Because as the Bible tells us, we know that the truth will prevail. The truth will prevail. Words to remember the president of the United States having spoken as we try to get to the the, the fundamental questions here. What is the truth? Does the truth matter? Do words matter in this? What is the account of these words? This is going to be quite a ride, but James Comey's testimony did not disappoint in any way, shape, or form. All right, as mentioned, John's going to trace down the president, and I am going to get out of here as well. So that does it for this special emergency edition of the Powerhouse Politics Podcast. We have news to announce. We are now on Spotify, along with other ABC News podcasts, so that's another great way to listen and subscribe. As always, uh, you can get us on iTunes or anywhere else you get your podcasts. Leave us the ratings. Let us know what you think. Uh, at John Carl, at Rick Klein, and please click on us next time.